Michelle Live podcast. My, 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 my Michelle Live. My Michelle Live. Sports timeout. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun. Here's Michelle. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun, and the fellas. Join me for sports time out. This is where we take on the sports news of the week. We add our own mix of commentary and shenanigans and have the best time uh, on on the internet or anywhere you're hearing this of our whole week. It's highlight of the week. It is sports time out. And let me introduce you to the guys joining us today. We have with us, we call him the encyclopedia of all sports. He's the co-author of Thunder Sports Network, Rich Holster. Encyclopedia Rich. The encyclopedia. We have with us just underneath him, if you're watching the video, Pastor and all around cool guy, Garrick Payne. Get ready to get. Hey, hey, Reverend, you could have just said, Amen. Say, Amen. Just go ahead. Say, Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah, Pastor, Coach, Chaplain, Player. We have with us, he's kind of new to the mix. He came last week and he's ready to do it again. I don't know what that says about him, but I kind of like it. Uh, we're going to talk and be joined by this man, Joe Palmasano. He is a former head coach football. He is a children's book author, uh, Kung Fu champion, radio host. Oh my gosh, so much to him. Oh, what a guy. Way to go. And we have with us Man of Steel, Matt Peel. Let me show you his book. This is his book, Athlete in the Game of Life. This is a great book that you should pick up for everybody that you know that's been sitting behind their uh, computers for the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah. And this is a way that you can stretch and strengthen, live and thrive for anybody. It is a fabulous book, great stocking stuffer, great gift for someone that you know. You can get a link on my Michelle Live Man of Steel map. The Man of Steel. I am the knowledge and strength of 10,000 worlds. And flesh and machine. I am becoming everything. That's a proper introduction. The Man of Steel. And then, of course, we have with us Brent R. Baker. Let me show you his crazy awesome sci-fi book another must pick up for anybody who likes a little sci-fi with a little spiritual twist uh brent baker thank you for joining us today gotta find your song where is uh, author uh, photographer brent r baker Yes, we it's raining men here and and one girl. <laughs> I'm Michelle Mendoza. Yeah, I have a ref hat because someone's got to keep these guys under control. Welcome, guys. It's time to talk sports. 
That's miserable, absolutely Brent. miserable. But it's, yes. it's great. It's great. It's great to have what? you guys. Your mouth what? wasn't moving. What? <laughs> oh, it tried. <laughs> hey guys, do you mind if we start right off the bat with? Uh, I, I was some... just thinking, my my sister has perfect pitch. We would have wounded her. Well, that's the idea. <laughs> well, if we haven't lost everybody by by that, you're still here. I want to get to the NFL. Welcome to week. 13. Um, just a real quick power rankings. I think we're looking at uh, number one, the Packers with a 9-3 record. Cardinals 9-2. They had a bye week last week, if I remember correctly. Uh, Bucks are 8-3. and three, And then the Pats, um, with, they're having a pretty, not a bad year this year, 8-4. and four. You know, interesting, Mac Jones uh, 12, in 12 games has something like 2,800 passing yards, 16 touchdowns, 8 um and eight interceptions, but he's being likened uh, uh, pretty close to Tom Brady. So that's kind of interesting. Um, it's getting down to the wire with the NFL. You guys uh, kind of excited about this time of year? I'm done with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after last night, I am too. So it's okay. <laughs> I, I, I am a, uh, a Browns fan and I have finally given up on Baker Mayfield. I have, um, I, I, I may not even watch anymore. And we understand one thing from this season, the importance of a quarterback, the importance of a coach, uh, Bill Belichick once again is taking a young man that wasn't, uh, considered a star in the NFL and has made him into uh, another, I think, Tom Brady. Uh, and that is the genius of Bill Belichick and Josh McDowell. Uh, McMillan, right? Mick. McMillan, Josh isn't Mc it? Josh McMillan? Hey, Josh McDaniels. McDaniels, who has made another quarterback outstanding. And that is, uh, it's pretty amazing to me, but I'm probably done. You're probably done with it. I think a lot <laughs> of Seahawks you, fans are, are feeling that. How about you were saying you're, you're almost done too, Matt. Uh, Taysom Hill is now hurt. He messed up his hand. So now we're down to pick a fan for our quarterback and pick a fan, pick an usher for our running back and pick a stadium parking attendant for your wide receiver. So that's Matt, do you want me to get on a plane to New Orleans so I yeah, can be there, Monday, be there Monday night? I mean, we're fielding a JV team, so <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. Josh like McMillan joins us, the Cowboys, by the way. Cowboys has a fantasy team defense. <laughs> yeah. Rich, Rich in his wheelchair will, will be quarterback of the uh, – <laughs> You know what? You got to take what you can get. Guys, let me just welcome to the mix, if you don't mind, Joshua McMillan. Uh, We lovingly refer to him as our Wookiee of the Year. Wookiee of the Year, Josh McMillan. Josh, how are you feeling about the NFL season about now? Some of us are are out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, honestly, the thing I'm most mad about the NFL season is that the – 
that baseball is in a lockout right now is the thing I'm most <laughs> upset about the NFL season. <laughs> we know where your heart lies, Josh. Yeah. Well, There's you no know, fooling anyone. Uh, I will say, like, it, it sucks to be a Seahawks right now. Um, but at the same time, I think people need to calm down a little bit about the whole thing. You know, we've had a decade of winning and things blew up a little bit this year, you know, and it, it's tough when Russell Wilson, he wasn't playing great before the injury, but then he gets injured, he comes back and he's not playing like himself. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. He lost his his best friend and his mental conditioning coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's got to affect someone. Then you go for an story. injury in the first time in his career, he's had to deal with an injury and, and be out. Um, you know, before he's had injuries, he just toughed through it. This is one you can't tough through, you know, not on your throwing hand. So there's a lot to overcome for him. And, you know, he said as much, he said that, you know, I have, I'm an, I'm an overcomer. I do that. That's what I do. And he pointed out recently, uh, he talked about the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry and the coach down there too. And how, you know, they went through a really bad year and people were saying, cut Curry, cut the coach, uh, blow it all up. And they stuck with it. And the next year they came back and they did well. They overcame those adversities. So I think that's something that we have to look at. I think that there's still reason to watch the rest of this year, even if, you know, we're not in all likelihood going to make the playoffs. And yes, there's still a chance. We're not mathematically eliminated. We're yeah, only that, like one or two games that, out of the last Is that magic even there? Somehow. This is... This is a huge story. It's important that you bring it up because people are saying maybe it's the end of an era. Seattle has had an era going from kind of obscurity almost to uh, prime time in their play. Russell Wilson's lost uh, four straight starts for the first time in his career. Mm -hmm. Um, The Seahawks have lost eight games in a season for the first time since since drafting him and I'm showing a, a tweet on that. So in end of an era of even uh, coach Carroll was saying, yeah, he's got to do better. We've all got to do better. And so now um, to kind of change the focus, there is a, a pretty big story talking about a, a new draft pick or a draft pick, I'm sorry, uh, former, uh, former, like top draft pick, like first round da- draft pick from um, Minnesota Vikings played 10 seasons with, with Minnesota. Um, Adrian Peterson is. AP. Uh, huh? Go ahead. Take it on guys. That's, I mean, that's a big story. No. Do you think that we're going to see a oh, I, out there? I, Adrian Peterson from, from six or seven years ago would be awesome. I, I you know. Adrian Peterson at 36 is not going to get you three or four touchdowns a game, three or four touchdowns a game. Yeah. Stop, stop dissing on the age. Come on. Josh is the only (laughs) one who isn't, he hasn't reached 36 on this whole panel. So (laughs) yeah, a 36 year old running back is a 70 year old for everything else. So I think, you know, I, I, I think for, I think for Seattle, the, the, the issues really started about, Around the time they won the Super Bowl, because their drafting since that time is, has been less than average. They had three or four great drafts that they built that real strong runaround, and almost all those guys are gone now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can go back. I, we don't need to go through the whole list of them, but of failed draft choices. Um, so you have that. I think for me, I've kind of gotten to the where, I mean, 
after having done sports journalism for, for so many years, I, I get to where I root for the game more than individual teams most of the time anyway. The Seahawks have been a notable exception in the last this last run, but you know, I can still I can still get into watching Tampa and New England play just because I want to see the great plays and the great players and take on a villain or whatever. But, and one, so I, I so the, the playoffs leading up to the playoffs, even like last night's game, I didn't have a, a, a horse in that race, but you know, there, there was a couple plays in that game. They're like, man, I'm glad I wasn't rooting against this team because that play was amazing. And I'm glad that it didn't happen against the team I was rooting for. And here's the so. funny thing. We've talked about the saints, the Browns, uh, the Seahawks. Yeah. It's, you gotta love the game if you're going to watch because no, we no longer really have horses in the race. Although right. Josh says for the Seahawks <laughs> wow. or whatever, Oh, there's still a chance. And sometimes there has been magic, but it seems like some of that magic has gone. Uh, did you hear that uh, Houston Texans have canceled their practices and other in-person activities? just this week, Wednesday, uh, because on uh, advice from their medical team, because some players are sick, but it's not COVID. So uh, kind of, I thought that was interesting because COVID keeps making its appearance in sports. Uh, we kind of forget that people get sick from anything else, right? They do. That, that is so true. But what? You, there's what? What are you well, talking about? Yeah, the oh, what are you talking about? We have a new threat. Just go get a shot. Go get a shot. It'll <laughs> take care of it. Shot. Shot. You know, and and really, that that's kind of. I, I should pull up the the story here. Um, you sent this out, Rich. Antonio Brown suspended for three games for COVID violations. Yeah, the NFL PA and the NFL uh, got together and said we can't have these kind of shenanigans. However, you want to uh, to look at the. Uh, covid situation so ab your reputation once again well, catches up with you let's talk about what happened first before we give commentary because some people may be kind of catching up rich well there's he violated protocols and there's been accusations of a fake vaccination card to basically give it uh, a finer point on it why and does that not surprise me uh, uh, right from him especially from him yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that talk about Antonio Brown is one of those people you look at and you go, there's a person who hasn't learned his lesson and many different situations, um, irresponsible and put your team and organization in a bad light. Because remember, Tampa Bay came out and uh, was one of the leading teams to uh, try to promote the protocols and, and following the rules and, and uh, was really used as an example by the league of what to do and what we'd like to see teams do. So not a bad, very bad look, unfortunately for Tampa Bay. I I have to tell you, I, as a former college football coach for 18 years and a college football player, um, I made a comment to one of my teammates just this week that I'm at the point where I'm almost done. And, and Michelle, this is the whole subject of your, your, uh, this whole show, but I apologize, but I am almost done with all sports because 
I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at what's going on with college with people jumping from one school to another oh, yeah. for yeah. the money. I'm looking at athletes like Antonio Brown, who keep getting second chances. Um, and, and I'm almost disgusted with the whole environment of athletics, <clears throat> of sports, because it's become a, uh, and it always was a microcosm of what's going on in the world. And it's mm. become not only a microcosm, but it's become magnified. It, it takes what the world is, what's going on in the world, and it multiplies it three or four times because of the egos wonder, and the money just and everything back, involved. Could we just get back to sports? Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 not no. you. I meant in... <laughs> I meant she in, means with the sports world, just get back to sports. Yeah, I mean, yeah. in relation to what game. you just said. Yeah. Because well, it's think, not. I'll give you an example as we talk about football. Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, he's completed like 28 of 45 passes for 307 passing yards, uh, two touchdowns when they took on the Rams, right, in the, in the last game. Amazing. And he is one of the leaders in the, on the M. VP voting list, but the the word is he's probably not going to get it because he doesn't go with a narrative that journalists really like. And journalists are uh, the journalists that are part of the voting are kind of an extension of the mainstream press. So that's another way, Joe, we're seeing sports and life and what's happening in real life just seep into sports can can he just be voted on because of his merit because he's a a, a great athlete uh Amen. or or you know josh is is not a big aaron Rodgers fan there's no secret we've heard that again and again but would josh would you kick him out of the mvp because you don't like him even if he uh, no if he had superior skill no, I am. Yeah, as you said, I'm not a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. I don't like his attitude, but I'll readily admit he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of his generation. And I would in no way vote against him in MVP just because I'm not a fan of him. There personally. you go. So, well, and go ahead. He, this has always been an issue, but more recently it has become uh, an issue with regard to politics. Because I, I can remember back in the day when you had a great, you know, uh, someone who was performing on the field, but their off the field behavior was not so great. So let's say there was a domestic violence type situation, maybe an alleged um, assault type of situation scenario. And that would kind of cloud people's decision-making when it did come to something like that. And so this has always been there, but unfortunately, as you point out, it has just become overly politicized. And so so we, we we can't even sift through problem. that to find out who the who the best people are anymore. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, the over-politicization, political side. Yeah, go ahead. Someone else talk while I figure yeah. out how to say words. <laughs> well, I think and, that's the thing. Like, there, there's a difference between, like, just not liking someone, not liking their attitude, or not liking their politics, and what you mentioned, Garrick, when someone is confirmed a domestic abuser. 
or you know confirmed has done some awful awful things you know like are you gonna the the tight end for the patriots that killed someone you know like i'm not gonna vote him into the hall of fame no matter how good he was right like that that's that's different Uh, and i think there's also you have to separate things that are alleged versus things that are confirmed like when there's video evidence like that's like you can't ignore that but on the other hand i do see you do see instances where people are falsely accused of things because they're people that have a lot of money and they can pay to make allegations go away because it makes them look bad, you know? So there's, there's, there's two sides. You do have to look at it, you know, but holistically then the and not just favorites. judge in the give, court of public opinion. I'll give you an example of media favorites on Wednesday. Um, the uh, LeBron James that was reported who is vaccinated is going to miss 10 days of action after his positive COVID test. You know, that that's kind of downplayed, but that's a big deal too. We demonize like Aaron Rodgers because he's going, I don't want a vaccination. I don't know what this is going to do to me. I'm not comfortable with this. It doesn't seem to work anyway. Uh, but we're, but again, we, we, I know we've talked about this so much, but I'm just giving you an example uh, you know, LeBron James, we all know his name. He is vaccinated and yet he has a positive COVID test. So they're, they're really, the, the rhyme and reason isn't there. And I love what you said, Joe, that sometimes it's gotten to be about more than just the game. And I, I had a confession. Uh, I may have shared it on the air that I was at a, I was at a, a, a NHL game for the Kraken and uh, a small little group of people started shouting because we have one chant and one chant only. We are so limited in Seattle. All we have is let's go Kraken. That's it. That's all we've got. We It'll score grow. a goal. Give it time. Let's, yeah, it's your first time. Whatever. year. It's your first year. But, you got to crack it up and things like that. <laughs> but during one of those chants, uh, it, it changed a little bit to let's go, Brandon. I was like, yeah, let's go. And then I had to sit back. I had to sit back wow. and choke wow. on my own words. We, we had our, our whole section. We, we had several people in our section at the Seahawks game a couple weeks ago who, who uh, picked up with that chant. And, uh, and you know, so. guys, I well, had It's not a, surprising. I, he has the lowest approval ratings of any president ever. We just had Donald Trump as our president. Right? <laughs> right. What's that saying? And, yeah. But here's the thing, guys. I had to choke on my own words because I keep saying that I'm tired of politics and sports. I hate going to soccer games and seeing Antifa freaking flags waving. I mean, should we just be cheering on our team? So I had to back off and just go, you know what? This isn't the time or the place. I don't know. That was just that. Well, that was my Michelle's, Michelle, sports was always a uh, a refuge. Um, growing up and and throughout my life, sports was always a separate entity from the world. It was always a place where you could go and you could play, you could just compete, you could be with teammates, you could share things, you could go as a fan and enjoy the game and enjoy um great exploits by athletes and and cheer for your team and and it's become too enmeshed with society now there's there's hardly any breaking point for escape to to sports and 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 that is sad um 
because we're seeing it at every level. We're seeing it even filter now down to the high school level. Oh, that's um, that reminds me a big story this week of <laughs> where they're saying that there is a shortage of refs because uh, partially because of uh, maybe COVID low salaries, but mm, especially because about of parents. the use from <laughs> parents, a story that came out of Wichita, Kansas, where a high school basketball coach made a plea online, begging parents to do a better job of treating their refs with more respect. I mean, yeah. parents are outright abusive. Are you kidding? No, it's true. And it's becoming worse and worse. And it's becoming Have you guys seen that though? The, and have, the, have you and the reason is this I saw this as a coach before I got out. Parents are micro, and I think I think I said this last week um, when we were on, but parents are micromanaging their kids' life now for their they're living vicariously through their kids and they want their kids, they they're they're trying to program them for scholarships for being a pro athlete and they're micromanaging these kids lives instead of letting them live anymore okay so i have a question we're do seeing you think, that happen do you think that we're doing this because we've built into our kids that they can do no wrong our kids are the best at everything and so we expect that they're going to be one of the you know less than what one percent that actually get a shot at at, at being a professional a sports uh yeah and we don't ask and we don't ask the kids if that's what they what want what do you want to do <laughs> okay how many of you guys we, have we do, by show of hands regardless show of hands how many of you guys who have coached have seen this kind of abuse on at all from from <laughs> yeah now, right. now i would say that it's it's somewhat of a perfect storm though okay you you take a lot of the factors that you've talked about michelle what you said in terms of the fact that you know, we we just support our kids so much that they are <clears throat> they can do no wrong. Uh, you have the 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 fact what Joe said in terms of parents. This is not just um, we're trying to get our kids to learn life lessons. We're not just trying to get them to to um, excel at what they're maybe good at, but rather it's like this is college, and the cost of higher education has gone through the roof, and so as a result it's not just a game anymore it's like th this is the future and and so then you add to that covid right and so people are frustrated they're tired they're pent up and so to me i think that's that's what has has cre created this pressure cooker perfect storm for there to be this type of uh and and again it's inexcusable behavior yeah. let me well, say but and, and, i think those these are some of the factors that are the parental thing yeah before covid i know sure. in, in washington in, before covid in washington state i know that the the pool of um game officials had dropped by like 35 percent. Oh, sure yeah and then since then it's it's dropped even further and then on the parental side it's really interesting because i actually I had a conversation with someone who's who's been very was very big into trying you know helping their kid get a, an athletic scholarship for college. I was like, you realize all these travel teams and club teams that you're on that over over time you've actually spent more than the scholarship will be worth, even if they get it. I was like, you, you you're chasing stuff. <laughs> 
something that they can get pretty easily. There are way more academic scholarships out there that you can punch your tape wherever you want if you focus on that. Play your sports for fun. You probably still get to play in college because there's some place, whether it may not be it may not be Division One, wow. but you can still get your athletic career. You can get your academic career. You can get your scholarship without Dang. having spent eighty thousand dollars on travel teams and and clubs and hotels Dang, and cross country travel. It's, it moment is right it there. is insane. So I, I, there's a culture that that has developed that's broken and actually makes no sense even for the ones that succeed at it. Thank you. Science, and science does not support the fact of when you're uh, six years old, you have to play baseball your entire rest of your life. <laughs> oh, that's totally. going to give you uh, the scholarship. It's actually quite totally. contrary. You need to play a variety of different sports to avoid overuse injuries, and that yeah. will actually <laughs> put you in a better position for that maybe 1%. Great. It's all big money. Yep, that's, that's, and that's what I've preached to. I, I coached track Good. for several years, and that's what I told them. You Multiple sports will give you the most opportunities and the best health, both. Thank you. And then play it for fun. Josh, I'd like a report on the Turkey Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> turkey Bowl was a lot of fun this year. Uh, my, my team, we didn't win this year. We didn't, we didn't finish it off. We did make it into the, the, round, the playoff rounds, but we ended up getting eliminated just barely, just barely. But it was still good fun. Uh, had a bunch of donations. Uh, we do this every year, usually at Battle Point Park on Bainbridge. And there's, I think we in had Washington State. I think we had, I think we had eleven or thirteen teams. It was an odd number, but it was a, wow. a lot of teams this year. Wow. Everyone <laughs> has to bring a, a can of of food to donate. And that's the uh, the ticket to to play. Every player brings cans of food to donate, and then we uh, we play Turkey Bowl. So it was a lot of fun. Didn't win this year, but uh, next flag year we'll back strong. In touch. Uh, flag flag yeah okay yeah, no, trust me i've i've lobbied for it to be tackle um no they, don't they don't, <laughs> don't, they don't, don't let your don't let your ego override your common sense <laughs> yeah but See, you, it, haven't, it, you haven't met josh in person though i mean josh is literally a building of a man i mean <laughs> i don't care it would be fine for me it's everyone else it's that everybody else you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. i like it guys let's talk college um the uh, number two Michigan taking on uh, number fifteen Iowa facing off in the Big Ten Championship on Saturday um, in Indianapolis. We've got that going on. There's some other big news stories. I know. Speaking of Josh, you be the Sooner Boomer from uh, from birth. I think uh, there's some <laughs> big news coming out of Oklahoma where they're yeah Adrian um, Peterson right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> there you go. Uh, where uh, Coach Lincoln Riley is uh, jumping ship. So kind of, kind of interesting. You guys bring it on. Let's talk college. Oh. It, college I, I, is an interesting space right now. Uh, it's every everyone's a free agent, always. Yeah, you know, including and the that's, players. That's what Joe was saying. Yep. It's yeah, weird. I am I, an Iowa State grad. And Josh, I forgive me for that, but I, <laughs> I played Not football. Texas, so it's okay. I, I played football at Iowa State back in the seventies, and and I am an Iowa State fan. I go out a couple times a year, see games, be with them. Um, 
obviously Matt Campbell, the head coach at Iowa State, is a uh, a person every year that is being targeted, being uh, reported as moving on, going to Notre Dame, going to OU, uh, going everywhere every year uh, because they don't believe he should stay at a great place like Iowa State. Um, the, the disgust that I talked about earlier is because of the fact that Lincoln Riley would leave a great place like Oklahoma to go to USC that uh, Brian Kelly would leave Notre Dame Mm-hmm. to go to LSU. He has no idea what he's getting into there. If he <laughs> continues, so if he goes as many years, he will go probably two years at LSU without winning a national championship and he will be fired and he will be an afterthought. But these Matt guys feel smiling at that. that. He's our Louisiana uh, correspondent <laughs> there. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's telling that none of his coaches followed him there, right? I mean, yes. do you think so, Joe? I, I, well, I don't Brian, think Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly, Brian I actually, Kelly's I actually a, do a, a top. I do a kid. I do a kid who played for him when he was at Central Michigan back about fifteen years ago, and he. There are ways to leave programs, and Brian Kelly um, always chooses the wrong way. Yeah. In this case, <laughs> in this case, it got out before he told his team. And he texted them all like, oops, sorry about that. No, Let's have a team meeting, talk to them for five minutes and was gone. Can I just ask you guys um, a question about, about and that's very, this. very not characteristic. Just this, of him. Not, not just yes. talking about, uh, about coaches, but uh, you, you see a lot of players as well. Jump and ship. That was part of why I love college football so much. You have, you have a loyalty to your college, to your city, to sometimes your state. You have a players that you watch develop on your team for, you know, four years. Th- that is slowly deteriorating, don't you think? I well, mean, it, Rich, Well, Matt? that's what I said. That's, that everyone's a free agent. Like, you have to – you're not just recruiting – new players to come to your school, you're recruiting your own team every day. You're recruiting <laughs> everyone else's team every day. And it, it, as much as I appreciate it from the sense of, you know, let's give these young men a little more agency and, you know, let's actually get them paid for the product that they put on the field that people are benefiting millions and millions of dollars off of it makes it really hard as a fan to root for a team that, you know, could change by next week. You could have your quarterback be like, yeah, I'm going to go trade portal. I want to go play at Fresno State or I want to go play. Oh, Oklahoma uh, wants me now, and that's a better opportunity for me. Yeah, so it's, it's just hard. It's like really hard. No, that's a, NFL. The thing to blame there is the transfer portal rules, the way they're set up now. And that's, mm-hmm. once again, the NCAA uh, putting in rules to make, th- to make things happen. And well, they and Rich, Rich, the NCAA by the way, only cares a little bit that the, you, if my, they Rich? are in the if they are in the news and Rich? all this talk about coaches moving back and forth that makes for more news and more spotlight on college football. So the NCAA is perfectly fine is perfectly fine with this. Really? And the reason Brian uh, Kelly Rich, left Rich, Notre Rich, Dame. Rich, Rich. I'm going to stop is, you for just a second. Um, your your mic is a little hot, so you're overmodulating. I don't want it to uh, take out any great thing that you're saying there. So you just no turn problem. it down a bit. No Sorry problem. about that. How's that? That's much better. That's much better. All right. Let's think about Brian Kelly for an ex- 
for an example, he went to LSU for one reason, to have a better chance to win a national championship because you are in the SEC and you are actually in a conference to try and win a chance to try so you can try and win a championship. Notre yeah. Dame's problem is that it's harder for them to win a national championship, not necessarily being in a specific conference. They do have somewhat of an affiliation with the ACC, but not good, not good enough. So he left for the money and he left for the chance to win a national championship. And, and Rich, I will add this. He, he left for one specific reason. Yes, it's for the money, but you know, there was a point where money becomes, uh, the difference in money becomes negligible, but Mm. he left because LSU has no standards for recruiting. Notre Dame, you have to have a certain uh, academic standing. Now, they may relieve it a little bit, but LSU, let's face it, when you go into the SEC and especially LSU, you can be brain dead and a great athlete and be recruited there. I, I I have to say that. I have been there. I have coached against LSU. I have played against LSU. When you go there, it is a completely different world. Can I just say for the record, we have higher standards here for recruiting for this show. (laughs) That. <laughs> so we got that going for us. I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a low bar. Yeah. Wow. Hey, we have standards. They are low, but we have them. We do. Hey, that's my line. <laughs> that's right. That's what Josh is of right there. I stole that from Josh unashamedly. There it is. Josh, it's time for us to talk a little bit of baseball because it's a big deal. My, oh my, what's going on there? Uh, Major League Baseball lockout since Wednesday night. Uh, uh, Major League Baseball officially locked out players for the first time since uh, Rich in 1990, I want to say. Correct. In 1990, Rob Manfred is brain dead, and so is all of uh, the other ge- the owners in Major League Baseball. Well, he could play for LSU this- then. This is a total, this is a total bad move by major league baseball. You got, you are not going to be in the news for the right thing, Josh. This is once again, (laughs) uh, baseball steps on its own toes. Yeah, I, I really agree here. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to the Mariners. What I'm excited about them soon, because I'm not going to let the show go by without talking about that, obviously. Yeah. And for Uh, those who are new to the show. Joshua is the holdout for the one team in all of major league sports that has had the longest deficit of going to the playoffs. And that's the Seattle Mariners, but he has a way of making them kind of exciting. So go ahead, Josh, let's talk well, about the lockout. They were, close well, no, this well, first, year. they were very we gotta, close. We got to talk about Rob Manfred first and the joke that's happening. Cause I'll, I'll, I'll say this and I, there's some other personalities out there. Uh, like Mike Salk has said the exact same thing and I'm right. Simpatico with them on this at first. 
I was not, I, I was kind of neutral on the whole thing. You know, like both sides seemed like they didn't really have their stuff together. Both seemed like they were kind of whining about silly things for, for a certain amount of time. But then this whole thing really turned around. You know, Rob Manfred's reports and Rob Manfred's uh, his letter and interviews since this have really just made the owners look like a bunch of jerks, like <laughs> that are so disconnected from the game. You know, like they're talking about, well, well, you know, that extra year of control is really that that's going to stop us from uh, being able to compete with small markets. It's like, well, then make a salary floor, make those, which they want to do, um, but. You can't, I don't know, just the way they're trying to talk to the fans is really, really been frustrating. And I find myself more and more siding with the players on this. Uh, you know, the, the, he said that the greatest thing that, or the most negative feeling we have in this sport is players leaving in free agency. I don't think that's true. I mean, it, it sucks, you know, but it's not like it was when A-Rod left that the game has changed since then. And yeah, I still am mad at A-Rod for that. I'll be honest. I've been <laughs> mad at A-Rod for a very long time because of that. But the what people don't like, what fans don't like is a team that doesn't compete. If you're going to be able to have teams out there that are allowed to function like the A's that are or just Pitts, or the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Pirates. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not an MLB team. You can't go out well, there and running well. out these teams that like, like, Hey, we're going to spend 30, 30 million a year. We're going to, you know, get young prospects and compete, never win anything big, but we'll compete for a little while. And then we blow it all up again. You know, there's, they're never pushing for competition. Yes. That's what fans don't like. Fans don't like the constant churn and burn. Fans want a team that they can get behind and that they can continue to get behind. I mean, like the Seahawks have for the last decade. You know, what if the Seahawks blew it up and traded Russell Wilson after his first contract because they didn't want to pay him? And then they start looking for the next quarterback. And then once they strike gold again, then they compete again, you know, five, ten years later. That's not what fans want. That's the real problem here. And Mm. as usual, Rob Manfred uh, just seems completely disconnected from the actual issues and what baseball actually needs. So, Josh, how do we fix that? I am I am a Cleveland Indians fan, lifelong Cleveland Indians fan. You mean the Cleveland the Guardians? You mean the Cleveland Guardians? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. What an awful. That's, that's all right. That's all right. That's that's another thing we can complain about with Major League Baseball. <laughs> I agree, but uh, but I'll I'll go the Guardians. I'm I, I'm not used to that. The Cleveland um, baseball team. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, but we've gone through the same thing. We've gone through the years of Manny Ramirez, Jim Tomey, all the great players in the 90s where we were competing for the World Series. We've gone through uh, resurgence here. And it's exactly what you talked about, Josh. And then all of a sudden you have to blow it up. And you have to start over and hope that you hit gold in the minors again. I baseball needs to change so that fans like me from Cleveland and the fans that are right next to me in Pittsburgh can have something to cheer about year after year. And I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Well, Well, I know it happens in soccer. It's never going to happen if they don't. Uh, uh, popularize and promote their own promote their players. So the no, way because the, the way players major league, leave. Well, well the yeah, way and major, there you go. And see, then the, you feel like a sense a sense of 
a part of you has left. Well, I mean, that goes back it, to yes. the college argument that that was part of the charm of college is that you had these players that you followed and you knew they would be Thank there for you. four years. So, I mean, there are teams, I, I said, Garrick, uh, you know, we have a team in Seattle in soccer that has made the playoffs every single year. Okay. They bid it this year in the playoffs, the Seattle Sounders and uh, the MLS cup is uh, coming down to the, it's down to the final four. Now that's kind of exciting, but my team's out and I'm kind of like, meh, whatever. <laughs> Well, yeah. Major well, League I, Baseball is a regional sport just because of the way that they run the way that they run their sport. They should be they should have revenue sharing. And like Josh mentioned earlier, they should have a salary floor commanding that you spend a certain amount at a minimum. How about to, a salary to, cap? To feel, to feel the team. Yeah, both. Yeah, both. Oh. I think they need a salary floor and a salary cap. I absolutely agree. Thank you. I think I think the part that is going to be difficult, though is the owners and Rob Manfred are going to say, oh, we need a cap that's way lower than it should be for the revenue share because they want to keep more of their money and not play the pl pay the players. And that's where it's going to get hard to put something like that in. I think a salary floor is something that they could absolutely agree on to say, hey, you know, you guys got to compete. They got to get tougher on a salary cap or at least initiate more luxury taxes if you go okay. over it. You know, make Josh, them let, really, let really pay. Once they're baseball, over that amount. baseball is going to die if it doesn't do a salary cap. And, and I, it, I agree. And, and, and it needs to do it just like football. I mean, you know, you have teams like Buffalo that can compete with L.A. and New York because of the salary cap. And, that, and that's the only reason why the NFL is thriving. And baseball has never gotten that yeah yeah well and, and i do agree with rich too like that they, they need to get their players out there like tell us about the exciting players you have more and look at look at how they handled the the awards you know like there's no ceremony or anything oh. half the awards were released on like sunday night in the middle of the biggest football games of the week yeah that i was think they take take for granted that possibly uh, america still thinks of it as the national pastime but that has gone to the past. Josh, I want to ask you a quick question. I, I know you want to give a Mariners update. I know uh, Cy Young winner Robbie Ray may. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. So do you want that to be your final shot or do you, uh, do you have a, a different final shot? Uh, you know, we we can talk about Mariners in my final shot if you, if you okay. really need to. Then I'll, let's I'll go to it. I'll take a long shot, though. This is like a double, is what I'll take when, when you're ready for me. Okay, hit the double. All right, I'm going to go get a cocktail. I'll be back, Josh, when you're done. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Josh. All right. Yeah, no, I am stoked about this Mariners offseason. And uh, part of the reason I'm stoked is to tell all the whiny Mariners fans that say same old Mariners that uh, – no, this is actually good, and the Mariners are not what you're characterizing them to be. A lot of people have been out there saying that, oh, same old Mariners, you know, they don't want to spend, they are never going to compete. That's not true. Just a couple of years ago, we were in the top, top tier of paying. We just were trying to win with an old team that was built by Jack Sorensic and the just awful pillaging of the system that we had. Since then, Jerry Depoto decided to tear it down. Since tearing it down, we have what is largely considered number one or at least top five farm system 
in the league by almost everyone. We won 90 games last year with one of the lowest payrolls in baseball. I mean, we were, we were paying, you know, I think we were paying less than the A's were surprisingly uh, with this rebuild that we we're doing. And now they said they're going to go out and spend and boy, did they, they got, they got a pitcher. Honestly, like there's a lot of pitchers that I was excited about, that I thought we had a chance at, I, I honestly didn't think that, that we'd get Ray, that we would get Robbie Ray. I didn't think he was even on the table. I thought for sure the blue Jays were going to lock him up, but reigning Cyward. Cy Young Award winner, the the most prolific strikeout pitcher in baseball ever, ever. He is the highest strikeout per nine innings uh, of any pitcher ever in his career. That's Can more. You say this than is how Josh feels. Randy Johnson. This is <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is this is what I wanted. I wanted an ace. That's exactly what we got. Then we also. <laughs> So I, I'm stoked. And this guy's excited to be here. Uh, he actually talked about how he played with Mitch Hanniger uh, in Arizona. And so he reached out to Mitch. He's like, hey, what's going on there? And Mitch told him how infectious it was when Seattle actually got behind this team. And when the stadium was filled up, you know, the last week there and the energy and how he's excited about bringing championship ball and. Robbie Ray said the same thing. He's like, yeah, after that, I'm stoked to be here. I wanted to be to Seattle. I wanted to be the guy that brought the championship back to Seattle because uh, well, that's how you if, become a legend. Let's see if that happens. Uh, do you have those cocktails, yeah. Matt? Uh- <laughs> yeah, well, hold on. Well, don't Shots forget about Adam around. Frazier. And there's more to come on this. So, uh, you know, just a quick note on that. Adam Frazier, great. He's all-star from last year, can play second base, only a year long, but that's fine with me. He's a great bat, can also play in the outfield, brings us flexibility. And what the Poto said is he gives us the flexibility to still move people around and bring in other free agents. We're still looking at Trevor Story, still looking at Chris (laughs) Bryant. So expect another big name signing here after the the owners and Rob Manfred uh, get their crap together and figure out how to actually run a business and not be a complete joke. And we're going through our final shot, which is a quick mention. Yeah. I'll tell you how I really <laughs> feel. Quick, quick. Being I told you it was a double word. shot. It's a double if you're shot. gonna, if you're gonna shove the Rich. Mariners into the uh, the final shot, it's a double. Rich Hallstrom, final shot. Rich. Yes, uh, my final shot goes to the world of the Olympics coming up in Beijing. Ex-Canadian bobsled star Kaylee Humphrey. Kaylee Humphreys was sworn in this week as a U.S. citizen. Yay. She is going to Beijing to represent the United States. She is a she is a world champion. So uh, we'll see how she does uh, under the American flag. I like time. it. You know who else was sworn in uh, this week? Uh, was it this week? Boston Celtics and yeah. S. Cantor yes, changing his last name to Freedom. That is so cool. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Garrick, paying final shot. <laughs> Did I just get buzzed? I, <laughs> I'm giving. You got buzzed. I, I'm, I'm giving my final shot, shot to uh, to a team that I'm I'm going to give mine early because um, I know Brent's going to be all over this later in the season. But um, they've lost one game this season, but they are still one of the top teams in NCAA basketball as the Gonzaga Bulldogs. They lost last Friday to Duke in a close game, um, which I think sets them up in a much better situation um, to go all the way this year. Just okay. because if they're I if you're undefeated uh, in in the uh, Final Four, then I, I think it's a lot tougher. But 
everybody likes the underdog, especially if you're a bulldog. So my shout out goes to the Zags. Zags, there you go. Uh, Joe, final shot. Uh, Mine goes out to, and Josh, this is in kind of on piggybacking on what you're talking about. The Indians just signed Rocco Vasilino as their pitcher, their ace for next year. He is the most prolific in all of minor league in hitting batters with pitches. He is absolutely amazing. He is, he has, he has broken the record of hitting batters with balls. He is perfectly meticulous. And my shout out goes to the Cleveland Indians and Rocco Vasilino. That's his real name, Rocco Vasilino. I made it up. I like it. Let's go with that, Brent. I like it. I, I think they should, we should. I think the pro sports teams who have to change their names have to go with the Prince model. So they have to like get a symbol for their name instead of. <laughs> so we can say the team formerly known as the Cleveland Indians. Boom! There you go, Prince. I want to get your final that. shot, Mr. Baker. Well, to the good Reverend, thank you for actually stealing my final Did shot I? today. I'm so sorry. I thought <laughs> oh, you were going to steal mine. <laughs> Because I was thinking about it, you could have stole mine too. Uh, well, I, I, I will, I, I will say that though this, this, this past weekend, I think two of, two of the great college, um, regular season sporting events. Um, well, it's probably more than two, but in my mind, two of the best. So that Gonzaga Duke game, uh, fantastic game between two very good teams, uh, two potential that potentially one, two NBA draft picks next year um, in um, home, Chet Holmgren and Paolo Banchero um, actually at times going head to get against each other. Um, it, it was a fantastic game to watch. And then um, of course, Michigan, Ohio state, um, the football game where Michigan finally got, I think they had lost 17 of 19 to Ohio state, which is a pretty a uh, bitter thing, especially since uh, I lived in Michigan for 20 years and I have a ton of family in Ohio and um, I, I am not a Jim Harbaugh fan in the least bit, but I am going to say thank you guys because now I get a year of peace at last. <laughs> I like it. Uh, Matt, besides uh, your Budweiser there, what, what's your final shot? <laughs> I'm going to give my final shot out to me for being able to go to uh, opening day here on Thanksgiving Day for the fairgrounds horse racing track and being able to go to opening day at Santa Anita the day after Christmas for their horse racing event for their season. So a shout-out to me for hitting two opening days two months in a row at tracks that I like to go and uh, bet horses on. So here's, here's to the man of steel. I am the knowledge and strength of 10,000 worlds. And my final shot goes to a really cool story. This is, to me, the coolest story of the week in sports. While we talk about politics and uh, angst and uh, political movements and within sports, when this kind of thing happens, it's awesome. 
Did you hear about this? It was a Michigan high school basketball team. They were organizing team practices and stuff. So what do they do? What do you do? You get a a kind of a text message, a group text message going, you know, we've got one of those. Sometimes during sports, you know, we're texting, this is what's going on. Only thing is when they're setting it up, they got one digit off for one of the players and added the wrong number. What he didn't realize was that wrong number was Tampa Bay Buccaneers cornerback, Sean Murphy Bunting's number. No, no kidding. So, uh, Sean's getting these texts and he's like, what? So he texts back, did you mean to put me on here? And they're like, uh, yeah. Cause they think it's, it's their buddy. And he said, do you know who I am? Yeah, we know who you are. No, I'm Sean Bunty Murphy. Yeah. Uh, or Sean Murphy Bunty. Yeah. Uh, no, come on. And they think it's a big joke. They think it's just a, a scam. Right. So he, he sends a nice. selfie and says, look, this is, this is really me. Seriously. And, uh, and they still didn't believe him. So he ended up FaceTiming, and you're going to see this on the screen if you're watching. He ends up FaceTiming with the guys. You know, they're on like 15 minutes. They're so excited. They're texting. They're they're putting it out on Instagram and Twitter. And it was pretty cool. And then pretty soon, some of the other team members start jumping on. Uh, Richard Sherman was on uh Tom Brady popped on. It, it just turned into a a big fest, and they gave the kids some great advice and encouragement. Now, see that to me, that's what it's real. That's what sports is really all about: being a real inspiration. Uh, they didn't ask these kids what color they were. They didn't ask these kids how they would vote or or if they were vaccinated. They were just there to encourage kids. That is what it's all about to me. And that's why that is my shout out this week. And a shout out to the guys who have joined me today. You can find out more about these guys, the books that they've written, what they do, buy their products, all of that by going to my Michelle Live. And as you're there or as you're listening or watching or viewing, remember that truth and reporting, freedom, liberty, telling the whole story, that's part of what we do for my Michelle Live. And I need you to like us, share us, comment, and be part of the change that you want to see in the world. Guys, thanks for joining us today. Love y'all. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, guys. <laughs> For more fun, go to MyMichelleLive.com. Perfect. That was Woo. glorious.